Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 73. Uh, Bugs equals birds? (laughs) Wait a minute, I thought we were talking about Mother's Day and birds. What's going on here, Brian? Uh, you know, how sweet it would be to offer mom a bunch of bugs for Mother's Day, right? <laughs> you got, you got well, your, that got, was the idea. Got your bugs all packed up and ready to go, do you? <laughs> uh, nicely packaged and a pretty little bow. Uh, but <laughs> bugs equals birds. I mean, come on. What, what sweeter gift could you give mom than more birds? There you go. But, uh, you know, maybe that's how we'll tie it all together, right? More bugs equals more birds equals... <laughs> Happy mom. There you a great go. Mother's Day. <laughs> I think we've got our work cut out for us on this one. Hey, dude. <laughs> oh, I think we might. But, uh, you know, hey, if you love this episode, you're digging it, you're getting into the bug thing and making a great gift for mom, please rate and review us and share it with your friends. But otherwise, stick around for the fun and learning. All right, Brian. Bugs and birds and mom. How the heck are we going to do this one? <laughs> tie it all together. And I, I jest. I, we are going to do that. We are going to tie it all together because it really is, in a weird, weird way, a wonderful concept. You know, just as you have already explained, the more bugs you have, you know, around your house and your feeding, your, the feeders and that type of thing, the more birds you're going to get mm-hmm. and the more birds you're going to get the more mom's going to be happy because she loves watching those birds in her backyard. So there is actually a wonderful correlation between all these. Right? I mean, what better way to make mom happy and give her a great Mother's Day than a whole bunch of birds in the backyard. And, you know, knowing that she's helping the birds Mm -hmm. to raise Mm -hmm. the next generation in her own yard or helping birds to have a wonderful stopover for being able to continue in migration and with a, a good, healthy, <laughs> in, a, in good health, if you will. You know, help keep moving. Yeah, you know, this is there's been a lot of research done on this over the years uh, and, and a lot of great information out there now to, to back all this up and to, and to show the correlation between native plants and the amount of bugs, you know, mostly insect larvae that they produce. And how that has a positive impact on our native birds, you know, the birds that are nesting and, like you're saying, stopping during migration and that type of thing. So it, it was really brought home to me, which it, it often is, but really brought home to me this spring. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to do a couple of trips to, you know, southern locations, you know, southern Indiana, southern Illinois, up to northern Illinois, Illinois and Indiana. And... I kind of hit the bloom, you know, it's kind of like I went south first mm-hmm. and you get the, the early blooming, you get the, the dogwoods and the, and the, um, other fruiting like service berry comes in at some point and, and red buds. And unfortunately the Bradford or calorie pear, which is, mm-hmm. 
an incredible uh, invasive. It's from uh, China and Vietnam, uh, imported to this country by landscaping. Well, it's, so a, it's a really well-used <clears throat> landscape tree. Exactly. But. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's also turned out to be an incredibly uh, in, invasive uh, tree. It, it, just, mm-hmm. it just spreads like wildfire. And you really don't know the extent of it. Until you, you're in the spring when it's blooming, because it right. it really is such a showy, gets beautiful white blooms on it, so it stands out. It just you, and you realize how pervasive this is in the landscape. It's just mm-hmm. everywhere, and some of these studies have shown that these that you, people go by different names, but Bradford and Calorie pears, uh, literally just almost devoid of insects. And so you have this right. huge amount of landscape that's being taken over, you know, invaded basically by these pear trees, and they're not producing those insects, and therefore that land becomes really off limits to the vast majority of our bird species because there's just no food source there for them. Right, right. And and it doesn't matter where you are in North America, um, that calorie pear concept, um, there are different trees that we put in our landscapes that are pretty well widely accepted for that, that just don't support native caterpillars. You know, those moth and butterfly species that is, is just not there. And so we've been beating that drum. Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we talk about it all the time. And this is the perfect podcast to talk about having native plants, native trees that are going to support all that uh, Lepidoptera species, all those mm-hmm, moths mm-hmm. and butterflies. And because birds uh, just so, so rely on the caterpillars yeah, uh, and and we're talking about native caterpillars. We're not talking about really destructive caterpillars that you're fighting. You're constantly they're pests, <laughs> and you're trying to battle them in your yard or your garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're they're not. It's 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 the stuff that right. Uh, you find some really cute. Uh, <laughs> I know some people like you can call a caterpillar cute, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there are some really cute and beautiful and amazing looking yeah, caterpillars yeah, that you're yeah. just like that looks like an alien species with yeah, some of them. But yeah. you get into the slug caterpillar um, group that it's a moth family group that uh, uh, they are just wild looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So many cool of different kinds of caterpillars and butterflies, but having that's it's going yeah. back to having those native trees and plants. That's where okay, yeah, let's give mom some bugs. Well, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you're not really mm-hmm. giving her directly bugs, giving mm-hmm. her helping with native plants. It's a, it's oh, a yeah, great absolutely. way to do that. that. Is- that is the connection here, folks. That's, uh, you know, give mom some beautiful landscaping in the yard, but make it native landscaping. And there are gorgeous, just like I mentioned, dogwoods and, and red buds and, and even, you know, oaks and maples and all kinds of great native trees that we can plant in our yards that make a huge difference. But it's like giving mom flowers, too. You know, you give a, right. give a dogwood, you give a red bud, you give a, a service berry. <laughs> These are beautiful spring flowering trees that... It's it's something that not just going to be you know put it in a bring it home put it in a vase and you know watch it wilt in the next ten days or so. Oh yeah. This is going to be something that's going to every year come back and and put on a show for mom and and she will remember that you oh, gave her that for Mother's Day. Yeah. So one of the things I always equate to that springtime is lilacs and and there uh, there's actually a native lilac out west that beautiful and supports lots of insects and the ergo lots of birds and smells great and looks beautiful but in the east i'm actually not familiar of any native lilacs in the east are you familiar with any i don't i don't believe there are yeah yeah so 
And that's the cool part about there are native plants for areas all across North America from, you know, the southeast corner to the southwest corner, the northeast, <laughs> the northwest. Uh, lots of cool plants mm-hmm. that flower and make great aromas and are beautiful, like you're talking about, too, that bring in lots of native insects. Yeah, yeah. And it's not hard to do, folks. I mean, we, we've talked about this many, many times, and, and uh, we have lots and lots of resources that we'll have in the show notes in regards to there's some really great native plant finders. Yeah. Uh, guides, National Wildlife Federation has a great one. I believe Audubon has a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just very simple one. Again, we'll have them in the show notes. But it's not hard to find out what plants will work best in your own backyard, in your own region, if you will, and that will provide all these native insects. And again, the, the correlation, um, you know, Brian, we were talking before we got started today about you found some stuff on chickadees and the, the fact that, you know, We've oh, yeah. seen for years, and the number just blows my mind. Six to nine thousand caterpillars are needed to raise a brood of chickadees, which yeah. which is just mind-boggling when you think about it. But you've seen some other studies that recently kind of put some additional numbers on what that means, and you're not going to find those in a non-native landscape. You're not going to find that many. And the chickadees know that, and they're not going to be around. If you have (laughs) lots of natives in your backyard, the chickadees know that, and they are going to be around, as well as lots of other native birds. So, and here's, you know, you you found some great Mm -hmm. facts that kind of, kind of explain why that is. Right. And uh, this is a great example using the uh, chickadee study where they are shopping. Mom and dad are coming together and uh, they're shopping for the right place. They want the right neighborhood. They want the, they want the right grocery stores <laughs> nearby and parks and everything and <laughs> everything you would think about. Uh, and so, looking at a yard that is predominantly native plants versus a yard that is predominantly introduced plants is really where the study looked. So, uh, when you look at it, if you have predominantly native plants, then one of those aspects is all those caterpillars, you have about a 75% more caterpillar biomass, which means you just you just have more native caterpillars. And what that does for the chickadees, they found in this one study, you actually, these chickadees will lay about one and a half times more eggs. <laughs> that half egg's got to be tough. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, they'll also have about a 30% higher chance of survival for those little nestlings. And then for when they are nestling and they leave the box and become a fledgling, you're gonna have about one more fledgling per family. And the other cool part is that you can actually see that they generally will fledge the box a day and a half earlier than those chickadees that would be trying to nest in the yard that predominantly are introduced species versus natives. That's all that good food. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So the birds are being wise about this. They're trying to yeah. find the great places. They got all sorts of cool things. So if you've ever had chickadees or bluebirds or wrens or bush tits or all sorts of different birds that are trying to nest in your yard, look at, wow, how many native species do I have compared to introduced species? And how many more birds could I be attracting to my yard to say, hey, this is great bird real estate, you know? Come raise your families yeah. here because the birds yeah. are looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, again, 
so many studies and more and more coming out all the time with more and more data in regards to, you know, verifying how this all works and, and why it mm-hmm. works. Uh, it, it's just uh, something that we just love talking about, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and love to share with people because it makes all the difference in the world right. uh, in regards to these birds and having birds in your backyard. I, you know, I, I can attest I've in a previous life, if you will, ran nature centers for a living. And, and every nature center I ever ran, we redid the landscaping around the nature center and sometimes in much of the park uh, to native plants. Uh, and, nice. and the difference it makes, you know, I was at one park for 11 years and we pretty much changed the entire habitat of the area and the upper part of the park around the nature center and the, the rest of the amenities in the park. And pretty much did everything native. Took out a lot of the mm-hmm. invasive stuff, put in a lot of native stuff. The bird, the difference in the bird life in that park was remarkable from the time when I went there to the time I left and in regards to the number of birds, the variety of birds, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It really, and, and you and I both in our own yards, you know, over the years, we both lived in our houses for quite extended periods at this point. So right. we had the chance to, to do a lot of changing in regards to the habitat around our houses. I have more to and do yet. And watch that growth, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the birds that are in my yard anymore compared to what it was when I moved here is just phenomenal. Now, having said that, <laughs> yes, native plants, you know, we talk highly about native plants and just really, really want to have people consider putting you know, a lot of them in their, in their landscaping. But bird feeding, bird feeding also yeah. can, can make a difference. There are some things that you can do to help, and, and we mm-hmm. do have some really good products that will bring those bugs. <laughs> and <laughs> right. another gift for mom, if you will, can bring those bugs to your backyard in a different way. Yeah, we have lots of different kinds of foods, different feeders for offering those from live mealworms. I mean, come on, that's, that's a, a little uh, beetle <laughs> Uh, larva, not necessarily the pretty caterpillar, uh, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's still got the fat and the proteins that the birds are looking for. And it's something you can directly put out to all sorts of other things, whether it's live mealworms to dried mealworms um, or other supplemental foods, mm-hmm. you know, for from our ne- spring nesting super blends, um, excuse our me, nesting uh, super new, blend. There we go. And then we have our, our new... new Bluebird Bugberry Blend, which is specifically (laughs) made for bluebirds. But I tell you what, robins, it's all the right foods for Mm -hmm. robins in the springtime. Uh, We have a number of customers uh, across North America that are, they do have some robins eating on that food in tray style Mm -hmm. feeders. Really, really cool. Um, So lots of different foods you can be putting out that are just perfect. Um, Yeah. And, and check in with your local Wild Birds Unlimited store, and they'll tell you all the right stuff. It is amazing whether you're using live mealworms, especially if you're using live mealworms, but even mm-hmm. dried. Um, it's fun to watch. I mean, once the birds get onto those, it is constant activity. They will come yes. in and take out, if you've got them in a little tray feeder or some type of other uh, small feeder, a little cup or whatever it might be, the, the, the activity is just nonstop, and they'll, they'll keep coming until it's empty. And it actually helps answer, I, I look at these numbers about, what, 6,000 caterpillars needed to raise the chickadee brood to right. fledging? Six, you know, six, six to, to nine. nine thousand, yeah. And it's like, like, do the math. How, how many is that per day? <laughs> you know, how, it, it's just, it, 
and you think, how is that even possible for this little chickadee to find all those and, and deliver those to the youngsters? You right. kind of get an idea of it when you watch them feeding on either the dry or the live mealworms. Because they don't just take one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't They don't fly and grab one and go back to the nest and then come back and get a... No, they're taking as many as they can hold at one time. You know, right. maybe two, three, you know, who knows what a name. Bluebirds. Chickadees and bluebirds. Yeah, and yeah. Even woodpeckers and your wrens. And yeah. <laughs> it's just all these different species. It, yeah. It's super cool. Uh, you know, John, there, the other piece to it, though, is... It's Mother's Day time, right? And so it's also, we have a lot of birds across North America in migration from the south, moving north, coming up to raise families in North America. We got, you got bigger uh, acreage, you have more food abundance where you can establish a little bit larger territory, have lots of food for your babies to raise a family. And talk about uh, migrating bird stopovers and how your yard can be an amazing stopover place for birds. While they're in migration, they need to stop and refuel. And you know, one of those studies found that generally when a bird stops to refuel, they're looking for a place that's gonna give them lots of food that they can actually increase their body weight by 30 to 50%. I cannot imagine <laughs> me having to increase my body weight yeah, in one day. <laughs> 30 to 50 percent so i can fly again that, tomorrow that is a, or in that two days is, that is amazing when you think about it 50 percent, really right wow that's a lot wow. of food you gotta eat wow. and it is predominantly the caterpillars that they're looking for to be able to do that wow i mean that's amazing yeah i mean we talk about chickadees uh will lose 10 percent <laughs> of their body weight overnight yeah on a cold you know, night on a cold night they'll lose 10 percent. but you're talking 30 to 50 percent yeah Migration body is, migration wow. takes a lot out of you. <laughs> wow. Well, apparently it puts a lot in you too. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, okay, you know, I look at my yard and I'm like, okay, is my yard the right grocery store for these birds? Because yeah. I want to see these migrating birds come through my yard. And we've talked about having a water feature in your yard that has moving water and the sound of moving water. And mm-hmm. they, they stop for those drinks and that bath. But that's just a, a side thing. They need that food. And so I look at my yard. I'm like, all right, am I, how am I doing increasing the number of native species in my yard mm-hmm. to help these birds stop over? And it's really, really cool to watch. And over the years, you talked about, man, just changing up your yard, uh, a couple of native species each yep. year. It, it can be as simple as that. Something easy to do, one, two, three species of native plants or trees mm-hmm. each year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been in the house for a long time now yeah. uh, in this yard, and I have watched and I can see the bird activity in my yard versus neighbor's yards that don't have predominantly native plants. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see that difference over time. Just eye-opening and really... Yeah. It, and it does make it start to make you feel really good. You're like, wow, yeah. I'm helping make a difference. Yeah, I may yeah, never see like, these birds again because they're going to go raise a family. You know, who knows if they'll yeah. stop in my house again or not. Maybe yeah. next spring again. I don't know. But I know I'm helping them now, which is the whole point. Bugs equals birds for mom, yeah. for Mother's Day, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's far from an empirical study. But, but again, um, having made all the changes I've made around my yard and having been here for such almost 30 years at this point, Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and I don't know whether it's just I'm more observant than I used to be, I'm a better birder than I used to be, or what it might be, but yeah, it does feel like, you know, and here we are at a time when in 30 years, you know, the study of research in regards going back 50 years show that we're in a 30% decline in a lot of these birds, if not more, in some individual yeah. species, and yet I feel like in my yard, I'm actually seeing more than I've ever seen before. So, you know, again, is it because I'm a better birder, more observant? Is it because truly my habitat is much better than it used to be? I don't know. But I find it really rewarding, like you just said, Brian, the fact that in a period when the numbers have been dropping across North America, a vast majority of our, our bird species, uh, you know, you hear the 3 billion birds less now than we had 50 years ago uh, in, in total population. I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about the fact that I feel like I'm getting more birds than I've ever gotten before. So that's, that's uh, again, far from empirical study, but very cool and very fun. Right, right. Well, you, you talked about those earlier, the, the parks and taking mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. different uh, invasives and non-natives and putting more native plants into the parks and seeing that difference. I know we were trying to study that. I'm on the board for a local park, mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. about 14 acres of prairie. It was just mown grass when we started uh, about 13, 12, 13 years ago. And over that time, all these volunteers have come in. We've also bought plants from the, um, the state native plant society and uh, we've transplanted native plants in that we're gonna be taken out uh, for development in different places. We've grown this prairie. We had yeah. a bird list of no more than 50 bird species uh, for that area and over these years, with all these native plants, we now have a bird list of about 150 bird species. Whoa. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Huh. It, it's wow. kind of shocking, that, right? That's a big bird list. We, we Especially, also have, I, know where this, I know where this park is, and knowing <laughs> right. what's around this park. It's, uh, it's an island it's, it's, in the middle island, of suburbia. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, shopping centers and neighborhoods. Yeah. And, and 150 we've had, species, wow. Yeah, and we've had rusty patch bumblebee documented in the park, hmm. which is a, an endangered bumblebee now. Uh, yeah. We've had uncommon bird species show up that, you know, when the, when a bird shows up, this kind of species shows up, you know, a grassland sparrow or something, mm-hmm. uh, like clay-colored sparrows show up or grasshopper nice, sparrows nice, show up. People nice. people come, they want to see it. Yeah. Uh, we, we have that now because we've built the native habitat. And so, yeah, just one more piece of... With natives, so, if you yeah. build it, the birds will come. Checking in with your local Wild Birds Unlimited store because they might either be selling native plants or partnering with a local nursery or they know of a local nursery that does sell some native plants that they can point you to. Plus, we also have resources that we'll put on our site on the show notes about what kind of native plants to uh, that work for your area. You know, and that's, Brian, that's a... <laughs> I almost feel like I'm apologizing by the fact that you and I talk about this so much that, you know, I feel like, well, gosh, are people going to get tired of hearing us talk about this? But you know why? You know, just just listening to your experience, my experience, statistical research data, can you imagine if we could turn all the yards or a big portion of people's yards in suburbia into more native landscaping can you imagine the difference that that would yeah. make 
It's well, just it, it, that's why you and I are so passionate yeah. about the fact that this is a change that we can all do and make happen. Yes, and uh, it doesn't require all you need is a little time and sweat equity, if you will, and a little money to, to invest in some plants and and uh, you a can few make dollars every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the yeah. biggest crop that we grow in North America, <laughs> grass, <laughs> is turf grass. Yeah. Um, is it like 40 million acres or some ridiculous number i forget it it's it's, it's, it's something like that it is it is absolutely <laughs> somewhat ridiculous but to your point john if we if everyone could just take a, even a tenth of your yard and turn it into native mm-hmm. plants mm-hmm. and every year just keep growing that a little grow that a little holy cow what we could do uh, yeah. it would be absolutely amazing and know that each person's contributing to the success of helping the birds to survive. So, yep. uh, you know, you know, bugs for mom for Mother's Day, maybe not so <laughs> preposterous now. <laughs> yep, yep. Just make sure she listens to this podcast first. <laughs> right. <laughs> she might yes. not understand immediately if she hasn't heard this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You got me mealworms? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, Brian, anything else we want to touch you know, on today? I, I definitely want to say, you know, I have, uh, what if mom's not with you anymore? Then, oh, okay. you know what? Plant a native tree in her honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see a lot of folks plant uh, trees in honor of somebody. Why not plant one in honor for mom, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The birds will certainly thank you. And it'll be a great remembrance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. All, you know, again, running parks as I did for many, many years, that was one of the coolest things that, you know, we had programs where you could plant a park, you know, tree in our park in Memorial. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that very was, cool. That was always a really special thing. It was always a special thing to help families do that and and uh, select the tree that they wanted to, to plant and then have their little ceremony. And it was always very, very touching to be honest with you and it was kind of a neat thing and you know years later you'd see some uh, you know family member coming out and checking out the tree seeing how it's doing and you know maybe they pop into the nature center and touch base and it's always fun it was always oh fun. for sure yep okay we have we have done that for family members yep. and it, it is it's nice to go and visit that tree and see how it's doing just make sure it's a native right right <laughs> <laughs> all right brian I think it's time for us to wrap up and hit the trail. All right. Well, appreciate everyone listening in. And on behalf of Wild Birds Unlimited, I want to thank you for joining us for this portion of nature-centered bugs equals birds. You know, please rate and review us. Love to hear what y'all have to say, especially about this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everybody. So until the next visit, uh, when we're going to talk about the joy of summer birds... Uh, Brian and I, as always, are going to continue to let nature be our guide. So until then, please take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store near you, visit wbu.com podcast. And we really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. But until next time, we hope you find a moment every day to relax and enjoy the birds.